0: Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com Who's ever watched Power Rangers before? Power Rangers. I wanted to be the pink one and the yellow one and when I was growing up. And I recently saw an advert for Power Rangers and it's coming back. And I was like, whoa, are we really doing this? Yes, we are. Um, and I was really excited. Um, but when I watched it, something changed. It was really weird watching it as a grown woman than I watched it when I was younger. Um, again, perspective change over time. But when I was younger... It turns, well, now I'm older, it turns out that, you know, these people um, are just grown men and women in costumes <laughs> that rely on green screens and sound effects to do what they need to do. Um, they followed a script um, and they were dressed in costumes, um, wanting to kill the bad guy. Um, and the bad guy always happened to like, outgrow in a scientific lab for some reason, and they had to, to kill them. Um, but when I was younger, this, these were my heroes. You know, who does not want people um, who are unstoppable and empowered by Zorda and Alpha to take down the bad guys? I loved it. Um, And they were there to save the world from eventual damage. But when my parents would watch my siblings watch this, they were like, why are you watching that? How can you not see that it's fake? You know, Um, how how can this be entertainment? (laughs) Um how can you not tell this was real? And we would be like how can you not believe it's real, you know? Um it's true. Well for us at the time it's true. Did you not see the moves? Did you not see what the watch could do? Did you not see how they killed the bad guy? I was like, "Come on, let's do this." Anyway, I was obsessed. And after reading the lyrics of the theme tune, I still may be, I didn't know this was a thing but listen to this. They've got the power and the force that you've never seen before. They've got the ability to morph and to even and, and to even up the score. No one can ever take them down. The power lies on their side. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. Mighty morphing Power Rangers. They know the fate of the world is lying in their hands. They only know... No, they know to only use their weapons for defense. No one will ever take them down. The power lies on their side. I was like, amen. You know, like, come on. Is this the gospel? Um, Come on, I believe this, you know, to a certain degree. And I think I look at my life in Christ And I've felt this kind of way sometimes before. Um, Whenever something or someone comes to mind and I reach out to them with a song or encouragement and they're like, oh my gosh, how did you know? It's exactly what I need. I'm like, I didn't know, it wasn't me. (laughs) I'm empowered, hallelujah, power rangers go. Um, Or, um, you know, you say no to a distraction or a sin that was really hard before um, or you didn't even care about before and now you're empowered to say no to that sin. Or um, when you're walking with God and you're serving and you're caring for creation and it doesn't feel like work too tough. You know, you leave with more energy than you came with. You know, we're also being empowered to live out a mission and the mission of the kingdom. So, yeah, I can say amen, not, you know, to the sound effects and to the to the green screen, but to a people who are normal, but empowered to, to, to take on a mission and to live to live that in this world. So if I take away that theatrics and and the plot and everything like that, um, the the narrative and the storytelling is something that we also see in the Bible. So we're going to read that. So Acts 2, 42 to 47. Amen. So as I said, um, the narrative and storytelling of being empowered to complete a mission is not exclusive to power rangers, but we can see it in our Bibles as well. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you um, that you empower us to live your kingdom here on earth. And we see in Acts, Father God, that as your spirit came, you empowered um, the early church to live in the way that reflects you. And to, and to, yeah, and that reflects you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, would you show us the kingdom again in our lives um, and how we can live that out today. Amen amen so this is not a scripture that is unfamiliar to us i believe so with a lot of people in the church um, it's as you know the account of the fellowship of the believers is often used as a template or blueprint and how to be a christian and how to, to interact with each other here on earth oftentimes I, I do think it's been used as a tick box to ensure that we're copying the template set by the early church um, because And I agree, we should do that. We should see what was done and how we can continue that. Because our faith is an inherited one, in the sense that when you inherit a recipe from your grandmother, there's a way that things are done, and you just continue in that way because it works and it's good. We should do that. Hallelujah. But if we miss you know, why they do those things, um, we'll live our lives tick in a box and not living empowered by the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, let us continue in those church traditions, but let's also read um, the verses prior um, in terms of how and why the believers were doing what they did. It wasn't just this is what we do because this is what we do. It was this is what we do because this is who we look like when we do it. It was very important um, that they were empowered to live God's kingdom on earth, even though it looked like grandma's recipe, for example. So I'm going to take us through three things that early church devoted themselves to. Um, As they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to expand on them. And as I list them, I want you to consider what's my devotion level to these things. Um, Because we're going to pray about it at the end. So the first one, devotion to the word. Devotion to the word. And that's just the first two verses. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Recently, I know a couple of us in the men's and women's group have been... um, going through the Bible in a year plan, the Bible in two-year plan, which is amazing. That's a way that we can devote ourselves to the word. Um, church often also, you know, brings out a book of a term. I believe the last one was in January, um, Jesus' love of my soul. That's also an opportunity to devote ourselves to words and apostles' teaching, so that we can grow together. But I want to talk about a devotion to the living word. Amen? <laughs> a devotion to Jesus. Because we must be devoted to the lifestyle of Jesus and not just the words that we read must be devoted and fully engaged in the life of Jesus. And this is a quick plug on discipleship because we, we talked about how to be with Jesus. So mm. let's um, listen to those, hallelujah. Um, yeah, but to be devoted to God, God's word is to read it and to live out of it and from it. To make it make sense, I want to give you an analogy. When I was in London, I went to a church, amen. And the church there, my pastor, his mannerisms and his tones were very distinct. I knew him. From or I knew his voice from a mile away. He would speak at churches and retreats and gatherings. And even before I saw him, I knew it was him because I could hear him. Six years later, I moved to Manchester and there's a new, I go to a new church, kind of affiliated because it's under the same umbrella. And a guest speaker comes up and he's talking. I'm like, this is familiar. I have heard this voice before. Um, I've seen these mannerisms done before, but it wasn't my pastor. So I thought, how could that be, that the mannerisms are similar? You know, the way that he speaks, his intonation is similar. Lo and behold, my pastor um, in Manchester comes up and thanks the guest speaker and says, thank you so much for that word. And then he says, oh, he's the mentor of my former pastor. And I'm like, oh, makes sense. You know, Um, it's not a coincidence. (laughs) But it's clear that my pastor in London, he took, took this elder gentleman as his mentor and he didn't simply take notes of what he said. He didn't just highlight them on a page. He didn't compartmentalise his words and save it for a rainy day. He didn't just take his words as advice. He lived them. He spent time and he was around him. He acted on them and he made habits that followed them. It's not a coincidence that we look like what we behold. It's not a coincidence that we are changed by what we behold. And the more we devote ourselves to the word, who is Christ, hallelujah, the more we live from it and live like him. And in the Acts of the Apostles, this happened, you know, they were mocked. like people would even call them Christians because they looked like Christ. In Acts 2, some of them, when they, when they were wait, um, when they waited in the upper room, um, the Bible says that some responded in amazement and some responded in mockery. <laughs> um, but, and, and, and as I said, the, the disciples were first called Christians but I think it's good for us to know that resemblance is not a mockery. When we look like Christ, it's not a mockery. It's a victory <laughs> that we get to, to look like him here on earth. Amen. Upon reading the rest of the verse, I want to say amen. I want to be like, yes, Lord, I agree. That was history. I agree with that. Yes, this is good. And this is amazing that they could do that because of the context. Well, maybe not for me, maybe for someone else. I'm kind of okay in my bubble and in my knowing about you in my head, but not being changed. I'm okay with that. I can't commit and devote to this. And I, and I kind of want to agree that, yeah, we can't by ourselves. <laughs> Alone, we cannot look like the kingdom. Um, and as I said in the beginning, because the ways of, of the Fellowship of the Believers, it's not a tick box, it's an empowerment by the Holy Spirit to live that way, we can also be empowered to live that way. We can expect the Holy Spirit to empower us to do the same thing. So the next step to ask, instead of saying, oh, it's not me, it's impossible, it's the wrong context, oh gosh, I'm so busy. It's like, God, Holy Spirit, help me, empower me to do the same. If this is what it means to look like the kingdom, help me look like the kingdom. We need the help of the king. We cannot be like him without him. I love what Hannah Anderson says. When we attempt to love apart from God, our love will only be lasting as the current situation or our own ability to sustain it. We can't be like God without God. That's why he's given us his spirit. He's given us the church. He's given us his word to pattern our lives in the way that would reflect him. And I think it's worth noting that the the, 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 the um, people <laughs> at the early church... <laughs> They didn't depend on themselves to look like the kingdom either. They prayed, they admitted the inability. Um, and I think a temptation for Christians who have been a Christian for a while is to believe that, you know, God, what God does through us is because of us. You know, we were able to speak to that person and encourage them because oh, we have a strength of our own. And this is what Samson believed. I'm going to show you some verses here. God began to work through him so much that he thought The strength he had was his own. So in the first three verses, um, the text says, you know, then the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. Then the spirit of the Lord rushed rushed upon him just to do all these amazing things and all these acts. But in Judges 16, 20, when Delilah says, the Philistines are upon you, Samson, and he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. Sometimes we can get so used to strength that we think it's our own. (laughs) But I want us to examine our hearts um, because we, we are not empowered, we, we are not the source of our strength. And I love what Hannah Anderson says again because she's my auntie right now and I'm literally reading all her books, Elizabeth knows. Being busy with good things doesn't make us immune to pride because we also have to search our hearts um, as we are doing these good things to make sure that we don't believe we're doing them in our own strength. So in our prayer time together, you know, at the end, Um, Or or any other time. We can ask the Holy Spirit to make us aware of sin in our lives. That's actually what the Bible says he will do. He will convict us of sin. (laughs) Make us aware of sin in our lives. We can ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us. We can ask for signs and wonders. Because it's not in our strength. But it's by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I love what Tony Evans defines prayer to be here. It says, prayer is earthly permission for heavenly interference. Very simple, you know, like, Lord, I appeal to you, would you come and do this? Very simple. So we can ask God to interfere. However mundane these words may sound, um, we can experience the supernatural together. Because we can also be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the same. Amen. Okay, second point, devotion to community. I should have put the verses there. Um, but it's verse 44 to 46, if you're following along. what you should be, hallelujah. <laughs> so the first observation I have here is a question, actually. You know, what do you need? They were able to give to each other because there was a, there was a, a recognition of need. But I think often in our culture, we've often said that to need is, to sh- is a shame. You know, to need is not a shame. And I think the image we have of someone in need is often Oliver Twist. Uh, When he reaches out with his bowl, um, with desire and fears, he says, please, sir, you know, I want some more. (laughs) And Mr. Bumble was like, more? How dare you ask for more? You know, another way to say a hungry child, how can you ask for more? But this is not the way of the kingdom. As we can see in these verses, we are not chastised for being in need. In the kingdom, there's enough for everyone. There is an abundance And when I say the kingdom, I don't mean, you know, I always think of Narnia for some reason. Um, But I don't think of a place far, far, far away in a fairy tale. But to those who confess Jesus, to those who are empowered by the Holy Spirit um, and live in God's way here on earth, that's the kingdom. And it didn't occur to me before that to need or to give and to receive is a way of the kingdom. But it is. To be in need is an opportunity, an invitation for God to meet with us and to show us himself. Think about when Jesus would ask people what they wanted. To confess their need so that he could show himself as healer. Mark 10, 51. What do you want from me? It always started with a need. Rabbi, I want to see the verses go forward. And, he, and his need was granted. Jesus also mentioned that our needs can bring glory to God. This John eleven four 4 is the time where um, Lazarus was, was um, died and his um, sisters were like, Jesus, where are you? And his response was like, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Need is an opportunity, not an end. So imagine if we believed that, like, just, just think about it. Imagine if we believed that, oh, so if I have a need, it's an opportunity for God to meet with me. As we're in need, something unexpected has happened. And our default is to say, oh, no, God, why have you forsaken me? I quote David like he's my breath because I'm like, oh, God, you've left me. What's going on? But imagine if we responded with rejoicing and glad hearts. like, Oh, wow, I have a need. God can meet with me. Like It's just a different perspective when we consider the reason for our need and the reason for our lack. Because in our need, there's an opportunity for God to provide for us. And again, mirroring the kingdom to live in dependence on God is the way of the kingdom. And in the same way, to give is a way to live out God's kingdom here on earth. And I was like, oh, really? You're not just demanding this of me. But it is. The disciples needed a place to prepare the Passover meal in Luke 22. Um, I'm not going to read it all, but it's just there for reference. And not much is said about the owner of the house, but I kind of wanted to think about his thought processes um, when this was happening. So not we don't know much, but we know that it was currently the um, the Passover festival. So the celebrations, you might be having people around. You're making room for them to come in, um, and he might have had plans for that room. He had an abundance to give, um, but he might have allocated it elsewhere. But instead, Jesus says that he will show you he will show you a large room upstairs. I'm like, wow. To give is a confidence that God will provide. And I know that without the confidence of God's provision, I would ask questions. I'll be like, doesn't the teacher know I have plans for this room? Doesn't he know how many families coming over? Doesn't he know that I have things to do? Um, But yeah, our response should be a willingness um, to give um, so that God's glory may be seen. Amen. And, you know, I don't know him again, but maybe he considered the opportunity cost was worth it. and said, you know what? It's the teacher that's asking (laughs) But he saw it as an opportunity to bless others with his home. Doesn't make it easier to give, I'll be honest with you, because I always have plans for the things that I work for. Hallelujah. But um, to live in dependence on God again is the way of the kingdom. And these roles are intercha- inter- interchangeable. I always thought that, you know, only like oh, some certain people are just always meant to give, and some certain people are always meant to need. But actually, We can both, or I can both be in need and have abundance to give at the same time. Amen. So, since both to give and to receive is a reflection of the kingdom, it's worth asking ourselves, what can I give and what can I receive? What do I need? And you may have two answers to this question. or You just have one answer, like, I just need this, I just need this. And that's okay, but ask them nonetheless, because we want to be reflecting God's kingdom in the way that we give and in the way that we receive. The second observation is the language used um, in association here. And throughout these four verses, together, you know, they, these collective nouns came up a lot. And um, it's in a repeated phrase as well. But the language used is, is, has associations with a comrade at war. And it's a far cry from just being like buddies, you know, or being loyal. Um, but it's, it's clear that we can't be faithful alone. We can't be devoted alone because we won't last long in a battle alone. (laughs) It's impossible. You know, we need partners, we need comrades who know the mission and who know the goal. And I remember sports day in high school, back in the day. (laughs) Um, And I I loved relay. I did athletics, um, I did high jump and all those good things that you do. Um, And the different sports, you know, in athletics, as we all know, there's javelin, there's long jump, there's high jump, there's relay. Um, And all of them are quite similar in terms of, you know, what is required sometimes because you need your body for it. But relay is distinct because it needs people like (laughs) I have never seen someone run a relay alone. It's actually not part of the design of the game. You know, if you just you just don't do that. So I remember in sports day, I would always be like, listen, I need to find the fastest people. I do not like losing. Um, I need to find you and you and you and just gather people for this event and for this thing. And I think it's worth thinking about our life um, in that way. Because when the time comes, whatever skill or sport that you were doing before, it doesn't matter in relay. You know, we need people because that's what it requires. Life requires people and not just one person. So devotion to community is a life of relay, (laughs) not an event of relay. Because communion with God is not an isolated pursuit. And I think we get into the habit of believing that we're a burden. So we occasionally call on people when we've exhausted all other options, all our resources, you know, and then community is an afterthought. But in the book of Acts, community is not an afterthought. It's the very thing that, you know, it just, they were just together every single time. Like the the verses are like together, they, together, they, together, they, they did things together. So with the early church, they spent time around food and worshipping and eating together and, and, and praising God. It was weaved into their weekly routines. I love what Rich Velodis says here. Um, the deeply formed life is not possible without an intentional reordering of our lives. Because it's, it's kind of strange to us to, to live in this way sometimes. But as long as we remain enslaved to a culture of speed, superficiality and distraction, we will not be the people God longs for us. We need to be together. Amen? Yeah. Okay, last point. Devotion to praise and worship. So they were praising God and having favour with all people. And the Lord God added to a number, day by day, those who were being saved. So to praise in the New Testament, oh, to be honest, everywhere, is to speak the excellence of God. To give attention um, and to speak, speak the excellence of God. And I was like, how is praise a reflection of the kingdom? How is that living God's kingdom here on earth to praise? But I was like, oh, of course, revelation. <laughs> you know, um, it makes sense. It makes sense. Paying attention and giving praise and excellence to God is a way that we can reflect God's kingdom here on earth. This is what John describes in Revelation. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, um, are full of eyes all around and within. And day by, and day and night, they never cease to say, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, and is, and is to come." And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before Him. Who is seated on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. It makes sense that praise reflects the kingdom. It's what's happening right now. Praise and worship is not simply another way to fill the program. Not, we just, I think sometimes I just want to get stuck in my tracks, you know, because we just go through the, 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 the methods and the, and, the, and the routines again and again. And we're like, oh, yeah, someone needs to leave worship. Oh, someone needs to do this. Yeah, someone needs to do this. Just take a box. You know, it's not, you know, a necessary evil to pass time. This is the kingdom to praise, to worship, to speak the excellence of God, to extol Jesus, to lift him high. To say what you see, that yes, he is holy. Yes, he is worthy to receive all glory and honour and power. This is the kingdom. Imagine if we came with that perspective of, wow, we get to live out the kingdom here on earth in our praise and our worship. We get to come together and gather and reflect God's kingdom in church. What We get to do this and we're empowered to do this as well. As I said, every Sunday and Wednesday, to be honest, every day of our lives, (laughs) we get to live out the kingdom here as it is in heaven. We are joining in the celebration. And just to make this make sense, um, I'll use this analogy of when I was younger. Um, And believe it or not, I remember there was a time when we had to use antennas. So um, my siblings and I, someone would always draw draw the short straw, and it just happened to be me because I'm the youngest. And I would have to stand with the antenna. You know, trying to find the signal <laughs> um, And trying to find the right frequency to join the channel And it was so upsetting I think there was a time when I wanted to watch High School Musical And it was on BBC One And the antenna was just messing up And I was like, come on I just, I just need to see Sharpay <laughs> um, And I didn't get annoyed Kind of, I was a bit frustrated But I didn't, I didn't think that BBC stopped playing Because the antenna wasn't working You know, it was always worse during rain as well. Like I would basically (laughs) be stood there for a good 10 minutes when it was raining. Um, But I stood there nonetheless because I knew that the rain didn't take away BBC. Right. You know, the rain didn't make BBC stop working. We just had to find the right frequency to join in and enjoy the broadcast because the broadcast is happening. See where I'm going? Yeah. In heaven, praise doesn't stop because there's rain, (laughs) because there's interference. It's happening all the time. And we get to join in with our praise. We get to join in when we come to church. We get to join in with the celebration that is happening already. And perhaps we've viewed joining in as someone else's responsibility with the good voice um, and the right songs and the right training. But in the kingdom, we participate um, in this when we sing and when we praise and when we extol Jesus and speak the excellencies of God you know, worship music is not just good background music, because sometimes it can become that <laughs> but we get to engage with what is happening, we get to tune in to what is happening Amen with our minds and hearts we get to live devoted lives to praise as we look, and when we do so we look like the kingdom and you know, as, as the verse says towards the end um, and others were added to them you know, and I don't think that was like a a passive thing you know it wasn't just in our minds that others were added to them they invited people they told them hey come and see you know <laughs> elizabeth today she was so excited about this new theologian that she's found and i feel like she's literally everyone she's found she's t- she's told about she's told them about him um because when something's good you tell others about it it's just that simple like and the joy in her face like oh my gosh i can't believe what's happened it's just amazing i'm like yes, yeah, Elizabeth, yeah. <laughs> We can be the same because we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And we can invite others into that already. And maybe someone around you, maybe your neighbour or co-worker is coming to mind, like, oh, I should invite them to church. Or I should invite them to my house. I should invite them. Invite them. Fantastic. I love that. I love that you're already thinking about that. But if you're not, begin to think about someone. Who can you invite? (laughs) This morning, I saw a woman that I always see on the way here. And I was like, hey, I see you here every Sunday. You know? Um... Why are you here? She's like, I just wait for my laundry every Sunday. I said, like, oh, why don't you come to church? She's like, oh, I'm going to my dad's spot. Maybe next week. I said, like, oh, fantastic. I'm going to see you at the laundry anyway. So come on. We can invite. We can invite people to see what we are seeing. I was, I'll give note, an example. I didn't go to plan. I invited my friend for the second time to Alpha. She was like, no. <laughs> you know? um, but we're still friends. You know, I've not lost that relationship. Um, and I know someone um, that comes to this church invited someone um, outside the toddler group a while ago and they went to Reddish Church. They went to the the, the church in Reddish. Um, but invite, just invite, invite. And I know on the, on the Alpha course, the, the guy leading it was like, oh, he doesn't know what to say sometimes. He didn't have a right defense about the gospel. And he just, he gets, it basically leaves him in a state of paralysis. But he was like, I can't, I can't do all the theology stuff. I can just invite, and he does that. Just come, just come. Come along, come to me house, come to this. (laughs) Just invite. And we can invite people into our homes, into our lives, because then we're inviting them into a kingdom that we have received as well. Mm -hmm. So for the rest of our earthly existence, we get to find ways to live out the kingdom of God here on earth. The same way that they did in Acts, empowered by the Holy Spirit to break bread and the apostles' teachings and to come together and to share as any had need, we can do the same here on earth and we're going to do it until jesus returns and then we're going to do it some more in heaven hallelujah (laughs) so i've listed three ways devotion to word devotion to community and devotion to praise um yes but we can also lead we can also yield to the holy spirit as he leads us to live god's kingdom